Hello, and welcome to Resisting Gilead. I am Gina, your host, and today we're going to discuss Season 5, Episode 6 of The Handmaid's Tale, titled No Man's Land. And this episode was directed by Natalia Leet. So... Today, I have a special guest with me. I have Michael Aaron from the One Mike YouTube channel. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm good. Glad to be a uh, returning champion on your podcast, uh, especially given the the way this episode went. So yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to talk about it. But yeah, things are going pretty good. All right. Super. Sounds good. I mean, what have you thought of the season so far before we get into it? Because I don't think I've talked to you since about the handmaid's tale since episode nine last season yeah I, i'm i feel like this season has done very little wrong um and i know that sounds like kind of like a backhanded compliment but i'm so nitpicky when it comes to like you know how i like shows to present their stories to me that it's pretty easy for me to find things that i don't like and i feel like this has been a pretty tight season I like what it's done thematically, like with how it's kind of uh, taking Serena and putting her in the circumstances that kind of mirrored. Don't well, actually, there's not. Well, it is still kind of mirror for now, but it could end up <laughs> end up getting to a point where we no longer need the <laughs> phrase "kind of." But uh, right now, it kind of mirrors uh, June's experiences, and I like how they play around with the idea of not just. Uh, Serena, someone who is accustomed to experiencing one side of Gilead and putting them in a position where they're position where they're experiencing the other side. But I also like how uh, they're making June have to grapple with that dynamic. So I think they're doing some really interesting things. And I think they haven't had really many misses. And I've, uh, I've been interested in everything they've done so far. And I'm interested to see what happens. So it's been a strong season. Cool. I mean, I feel like I have to agree with you. And I was talking to someone about this season and I'm like, the season is just different. It's more watchable because it's, it's less about the horrible things that are going to happen next, which it seemed like really a lot of that was the first four seasons. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's kind of going in a new direction. And I think a direction that it's needed to go in for a while, you know, we're, we're kind of out of like the torture chamber that's Gilead for the most part. And we're even seeing some changes there, which I've found pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think this has been a strong season for sure. So I'm interested in, what did you think of this episode? Well, um, actually real quick, before I talk about this episode specifically, I wanted to talk about what you just said about how this season is, uh, kind of like structured differently than the first four. Yeah. And I do. I also find that to be very interesting because it does feel like a very different show that we are almost conditioned at this point to have this constant sense of foreboding, like something absolutely fucked up and horrific is about to happen at any moment. And that was kind of like the tone of this show uh, at the beginning. And now, even though I'm still conditioned to kind of feel that, it hasn't been as much that, but I don't think it's suffered in quality. It's just different. And I'm curious to how uh, really like how the fandom feels about it, because it does feel like a different show to a degree. And uh, I, I'd be curious to, to, to hear if people look at this as like, I think this is one of the better seasons 
you know, because it's it's mm-hmm. a little different, or if I this is one of the worst seasons because I think it's a little different. Like I don't really I don't really have my uh, my ear to the street as far as the fandom goes. Yeah, you know, I hang out in um, the Handmaid's Tale discussion group on Facebook. I had the founder of that on the pod last week, last and week, yeah. and you know, it's interesting because I want to say three episodes ago people are like this season sucks you know they they didn't like it as much there's been less of that the last few seasons i mean the last last few seasons the last few episodes but now what it's kind of devolved into is the very much like who's team luke who's team serena why is (laughs) june really yeah why is june like how could she forgive Serena like there's a lot of really strong emotions about this last episode um okay so yeah we need to be talking about that then oh yeah <laughs> and we're going to for sure <clears throat> excuse but, me but I just thought you know it, it's it's funny because everyone at first was like oh this season sucks I'm like why because we aren't seeing people tortured every other episode <laughs> you know it's like what do you that want? is kind of implicit in that <laughs> criticism right like <laughs> I mean, how much more can you personally take? Because I thought I thought the second episode in particular, like I wasn't like the first episode. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a slow start. But that second episode with the Fred's funeral procession and Serena's, you know, smirk at the end. I was like, oh, this is going to be oh, good. No, that was that was a oh, that was one of the stronger episodes of the series. That was a yeah. really good one. That's why you said people were mad after the first three. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was it's, it was really kind of strange. Like, okay, I don't know what, what more you want from this from a, a horror perspective, but maybe well, we mean, can get away from it. You know, I think to a degree, though, you're right in that the uh, the idea that it's not, you know, seeing somebody get tortured every week. I think there there is a, a bit of people that does kind of like yearn for that level of entertainment not in a depraved way but just like you know this is just you know this just elevates the excitement of the show or whatever and i think that that could be why but like i just look at it this show and this season as you know it's just it's just different like and and i think you know this uh, this can segue into you ask me what i thought of this episode i think this season has done a better job of shifting away from And when I say this, I don't mean it in a a demeaning sort of way, but like the shock kind of stuff and and focusing more on themes and ideas and what would you do in this situation kind of stuff, stuff that really gets the Mm. gets the mental running as opposed to. And again, not a complaint because you and I wouldn't be here having this conversation if we didn't fuck with the show at the beginning. But like the as opposed to kind of like you're you're almost there for the that feeling of like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And then you're getting even more scared because you're tying it into real life. And it's just like, you know, that was what we were here for at the beginning, mm-hmm. mainly, I think. And then now it's just something that I think they're, they're more focused on making uh, a television show that explores the fallout from that sort of thing. Like if, and, and, and the fallout for you, if you are a victim of it, or if you are a perpetrator of it. And I find that to be really interesting in the switching of roles. So that's why I, in the TLDR, that's why I liked this episode because I thought it did a great job of taking uh, the idea of Serena beginning to experience what it's like to be on the other side mm-hmm. of being a Gilead woman. Uh, they, they were dipping their toe in that the last two episodes and they 
they're fully sitting down in the bathtub now after this one. And I, I really like that. I liked her dealing with that. I liked how June had to come to grips with that. Uh, I, I think I think it's interesting. And I thought this was a solid episode. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And then, you know, based on, you know, we have what's happening up in Canada or no man's land. And then we have we still have what's happening in Gilead, which I also think is different and interesting where a couple seasons ago, Commander Lawrence was like, you know, I need to stick around and clean up my mess. And I actually think that's what we're starting to see there too he's Mm -hmm. he's trying to do something different and i think aunt lydia in a way is trying to is beginning to see that something different needs to be done there so i think it's a lot of people just kind of coming to the realization that gilead as they thought it was you know for being in positions of power it's not that great and they need to make some improvements. So, um, you know, basically what June was trying to tell them all along, um, I think it's finally starting to sink in for some people. So I think it's it's been a really interesting season of, I guess, character characters coming to certain awarenesses. But yeah. yeah. I like what they're doing with Lydia in that regard. I think they need to, uh, that's, that's a, a, mental transition for that character that you cannot half-ass like you can't go from being season one Lydia to say maybe what's we're potentially going to see is season six Lydia uh that can't be a shift that happens in an episode or two like that's something that you got to really work at and I like that they are taking their time with it and playing around with uh the idea of whether or not Lydia ever truly understood the reality of what was going on there. And I think it's a good discussion point for people when they start talking about this show or talking about Lydia to talk about, like, do you do you believe that Aunt Lydia believes everything she was doing was for the benefit of those women? And I like that the show is playing around with that question as well. So I think they're doing really good stuff with Lydia. And I, I like the her coming to these realizations. I just, and I like that the fact that it's not a snap kind of change. Yes. Yet. Well, and, and she's one of the three main characters in the Testaments, which is mm-hmm. the sequel and, and kind of end to this story. And I think anyone who's read that, and I don't know if you have or not. I haven't. Um, I believe my wife has though. But anyone that's read that, you know, she gets to a certain point and you're kind of like, how did this happen and through what they're starting to do with her character we're finding out how this happens so i think it's really exciting it's an exciting time for book readers too because while there's a lot we know about lydia pre-gilead from some of her own personal flashbacks in that book which hopefully we'll we'll get to see as well there's there's a lot that's missing there i don't know when they'll do it if they'll do it in the handmaid's tale or if they'll wait to the testaments but there is a whole flashback of when they came for lydia and what she went through into becoming an aunt and it will be wild um that will be that would make for a great finale for this season but if they're doing a sixth season maybe they could save it yeah they might be able to save it it might be a good way to 
end or nearly end season six because yeah. you'll kind it'll really set up the the testament series they're gonna do but nice anyway this episode what did you think yeah um uh like i said you know the serena stuff i thought was great putting her in the uh you know in sliding her more into uh experiencing what june experienced um i liked what they did with uh with Luke as well at the end, just because I watching that, I thought, oh, this is going to be a good discussion topic. <laughs> and then I went, uh, I think the next morning I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet and I read it to my wife and I was like, that is not my perspective on the Luke situation. And she was like, me neither. And the tweet was like between two or three people who were all agreeing with each other that was, and they all shared an opinion that was the, not in line with mine so like i thought that was really good um i'm trying to remember what else happened in there um oh the uh the birthing scene i thought was uh very uh realistic so, yeah well and you just your wife just had a another baby as mm -hmm. well so probably fresh in your mind yeah fresh in my <laughs> mind and i've i've been around four of them so yes uh yeah i've i've, I've seen a few well, and that in particular, um, there is, I read an article about it and then um, the actress that plays Serena did a little bit of an interview about it in, in the extras on Hulu. And she said- I watched that. Yeah, that she had yeah. just had her second son and they did a home birth this time and that they really wanted to, that she and Elizabeth Moss talked about it and probably with the director as well, but they really wanted to almost like reenact the last birth she had and how she like really had leaned on her husband the same way she leaned on June when they were like forehead to forehead and, and mm -hmm. probably the position <laughs> she was in as well. I mean, it was really powerful and I think you know, we knew we were going to get a birth scene between these two ladies, I think, at the end of the previous episode. And June's birth scene, when she gave birth on her own in, um, you know, in the summer house of Hannah's new parents was like super primal. And she did that by herself. And, you know, it's like, well, how are they going to top that? Because, you know, it was just so vivid and emotional but i think they managed to do it between these two because there's like you know so much history and both kind of like moments of friendship and closeness but also moments of extreme hatred and vitriol and mm -hmm. somehow they pulled it off and it was good like i i had tears during this episode and i i managed not to cry during most of the episodes in this whole series but this one got me i think this one got me just as bad as when um angel's flight landed and all the kids start coming off that was pretty emotional but this one it was it was good it was what, heavy what and well done. got you from this episode yeah, from this episode yeah what specifically got you so i mean the birthing scene was really emotional but then at the end after serena had asked you know she's like just leave me here to die take my baby you guys should raise them which i'm like wow this is like some seriously postpartum hormones happening here like there's no way that i would think serena would give up her baby on any other any other day 
but um when june basically is is saying to her you know this is really god's will for you to be with your baby and i'm going to save you because i am not you and you are his mother and you deserve to be with him together do you understand me which is the you know i think (laughs) (laughs) you know we hear that for the third time in this show in a much gentler way than when serena like grabbed june by the face and did it and june did the same to serena last season in anger and this was just i don't know that just really got me and i think it was also because june somehow found grace in the situation with this woman she has such a complex relationship with she did flash the murder eyes for a minute there after she was holding that baby and i was <laughs> like oh god so no, she's gonna chuck wrong. that baby in today <laughs> i know i'm like and then she softened and you know i think this was it was it was also just i think kind of emotional I loved what June said to Serena and that Serena seemed to actually hear it. And then I also just felt good for June. I felt like this is kind of what she needed, whether she should be forgiving Serena or not. Complex relationship. I think June doesn't have it really in her to be a psycho killer all the time for the rest of her life, the way she was with Fred. And it also got me when June, Serena's like, why didn't you kill me? Why did you kill Fred and not me? And June was like, because I didn't want to. I think that kind of said a lot too. I don't know. Just um, kind of emotional. Oh yeah. I, I think all of that stuff was uh, just, just so well done just because it plays on so many different things. Like when you talk about the, do you understand me line? Like, you know, the call back to that, uh, that reference was really well done, and pr- particularly, and, and admittedly, I thought it was corny, but I still admit it was a very well done callback, particularly as it pertains to uh, June's version of saying it, because when she did it, she was cursing that literal baby that she yes. was holding at that time. Oh my God. And now she's holding that baby that she was cursing and is like, you know, and, and now kind of delivering the line in a different way and also showing that she's reached a point where now that Serena has, like I said, is is sitting down in the bathtub of what it's like to be a handmaid. Like she's talking about her body as a vessel to deliver this baby to to June to raise, like like you're talking like a handmaid, like she's right at that point. And June could and had every opportunity to like extend that. Like, yes, I will help you feel what it's like to, to deal with what I dealt with what I dealt with. And but that's not what it is what it's about, at least not anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, you need to have that. I think for her to have that intimate experience, you know, when the person's somewhere else and you're just kind of like hating them from afar, it's easy to maintain that hatred. But now they're one on one in this barn during a a moment of beauty and childbirth and bringing life. And I think it, it'd be it'd be a lot for June to just be like, yeah, I'm still going to fuck you up. <laughs> I, I know it's like. <laughs> Oh, if murder face comes to fruition, um, that's what that would have been like. When she, and, when she made the murder face, I thought, has she been pretending to be a decent person during this whole birth? <laughs> now she's going to do something to this baby? <laughs> like, ha ha, it was all an act. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. It, 
yeah, I'm glad she didn't, you know, kind of turn into that person. And she went back for Serena, even after Serena's like, you're going to kill me and my baby. Mm -hmm. And June's just like, you bitch, I'm going to go out and try and get the car unstuck, you know, need to cool off. Um, um, Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was a lot. But um, so they get to the hospital why don't we talk about luke in this moment because even though he had like four lines in this whole episode i feel like so much of the conversation i've been seeing is about luke um both pro what he did and against what he did and um i'm curious to know how you felt how you and your wife felt about this and then what you saw on twitter and then i'll kind of weigh in with my perspective Uh, Yeah, I'm curious to know what the I'm against what Luke did argument. I'm curious to hear that argument because I can understand being against what Luke did on the like just on its face. If you like if you take no context at all and you say you present it on a piece of paper like a guy did this to a woman. How do you feel about it? (laughs) Everybody's like, what the fuck is that? But when you have the context and you're you're given the scenario, especially given the scenario of up to this point, Luke's been trying to talk June down to this level. (laughs) Like the whole time (laughs) trying to talk her, you know, he's like, you sent them them a finger? What the fuck? (laughs) You were like, you were the shooter in the baby? What the fuck? Like, you know, he's like trying to talk her down for murdering. And then now he goes and does what he's been doing. He's, he's been consistent this whole season. Mm-hmm. He's been wanting to get Serena back the right way, whether it's through fucking building code violations or whatever the case may be. The whole season, they have been in a, a I don't think you should be go- escalating to the point of trying to kill this woman. Let's fuck her over in a way that is a lot safer and a lot smarter. And June's like, yeah, okay, I won't shoot her. We'll do that. <laughs> now we get to the point where he successfully executes on what they have been inti- what they've been intending to do this whole time, but because of this experience that June had with Serena that Luke mm-hmm. is not privy to, <laughs> all of a yeah. sudden people are like, "What the fuck, Luke? Why would you do like? Why would he stick to the plan? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, he didn't see that. I know. Like, like, I know. He's like, he's like, what's going on with Serena? You know, he he honestly didn't know. And like June's like talking about the baby and Serena's okay and the baby's okay. And, you know, like, and he's kind of like, what's going on here? Like, why would he think that the person he's had to talk down from killing this woman would have an issue with what just happened? Like, if I like I'm looking if I'm Luke, I'm looking at her confused. Like, why are you not wanting to pop Mm -hmm. a champagne bottle with me right now? Like, this was this is this is the revenge we've been plotting and and no one's no one's done anything illegal like this is a win like i i now of course do i agree with doing something like that to a person no but i'm just saying like for the for the story that they've told this tracks and i don't i don't see how you could look at luke and be like why would you do that like why would you stick to the plan Uh, i don't know because he didn't see what happened yeah it, it, it does. And I think that, and, you know, and the biggest beef with Luke was he should have talked to June first before calling him, which I was like, hmm, okay. I mean, we know that June kind of wears the pants, but, you know, this is also a guy who had his daughter taken away from him the same way June did while he hasn't been in Gilead trying to get her back. 
he's been trying to get her back and of course he's going to think Serena deserves at the very least this I mean she also completely emasculated him in that one episode shaming him for not going back to Gilead to try to save his daughter and reminding and, him that Nick was there for yes a, a dick for her to lean on <laughs> in, in troubled times <laughs> right <laughs> he she had Nick to comfort her <laughs> yeah like she totally poured yeah. vodka on his open wound yeah and and so that was you know and but then a ton of people were like yeah luke he did and, and then they were really going after people who seemed to be team serena like felt bad for serena but then a lot of people were like listen i do not like serena but the fact that they took her baby from me still made me cry at the end you yeah know? you could be both yeah. things yes, you can like exactly. you can yeah you could be like yo that was kind of fucked up what happened to serena without being quote unquote team serena you yeah. could still be anti-Serena and be like, that was also fucked up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think what was probably the hardest to take about what was happening was June's face and Serena screaming for June to help her. I was just like, man, have the tables turned. And it's, mm -hmm. it's never even been like this between them. Like, you know, June was never... I don't remember a time where she was really crying and begging Serena for her help. June always tried to approach Serena in a very non-emotional way most of the time, um, a calm way. And, you know, we just kind of see Serena lose it, um, you know, and yeah, it's, thought, um, yeah. I thought Elizabeth Moss did a great job visually juggling several emotions in that scene yes like i felt like she like she was confused that she gave a fuck like it's like mm -hmm. she looked like i shouldn't give a fuck i do give a fuck why do i give a fuck like i feel like we saw all of those thoughts on her face during that scene i was like and then luke's all celebrating this and then i think i'm seeing like why am i not wanting to celebrate with him like, like almost like this look of confusion like i've gotten what i've been I, you know I, i'm i'm the rabbit that's caught the carrot like uh, or the wily e. coyote that's caught roadrunner why am i not happy and mm -hmm. like I, that was I, I thought she did such a great job there like with this look of confusion because what i thought was going to happen was she was going to turn to luke and go how could you do this and then I, and then i was going to have the same <laughs> reaction that i just had right now and i'm going to go that does not track with what I have seen to this point, she should not, she has zero reason to be mad at Luke other than, well, I'm not going to say zero reason, but like she should be mad at him from a perspective of like, uh, I don't know. I guess you could say, why didn't you tell me first? But then how would he, how would he have? She was in the barn right. the whole well, episode. <clears throat> well, and I think, I think what happened was June gets to the hospital, gets Serena settled. She calls Moira she calls home and i don't even know she talked to luke on the phone but i think moira kind of called luke and luke's probably like hey canadian immigration fyi come with this is where you need to go um yeah and i can't even be know. mad at him for that like I, yeah I, like you could yeah. I, I i mean i could see people going like he should have talked to her first but i'm like talk to her about what like he like they've already been lockstep with what they want to happen to serena so like if I'm Luke 
and that opportunity presents itself, why am I waiting and potentially missing this opportunity to get the approval of somebody who I already know is on board with fucking over Serena yeah. Waterford? So like, what am like, what am I call her? I'm gonna call her. She's she gonna go to voicemail. She in the barn, and now we're wasting time. <laughs> I got this opportunity. I'm like, nope. I need to. I need to pull the trigger on this right now. Oh yeah. And I don't. Why would I ask? Why would I ask June? She's. She wants to do way worse than this. So, <laughs> like, we're right. fine. Yeah, he probably even thought, oh, this is good. Then this right. also prevents yeah. my wife from potentially killing this woman exactly. in the future. Which, you know, and I mean, yeah, he, he's got a lot, he, he, there's a lot of information he doesn't have. I don't know how he's going to react when June's going to be like, at one point she, she wanted to give me the baby for us to raise, you know, like that's going to be hard <laughs> I can't for wait to, to see his jaw hit the floor. I know that's going to be something for him to wrap his head around. Like, would he even want to do that to like raise the kid of the couple that basically raped his wife every month for years and you know abused her and everything but you know i mean it is a baby and uh you know he's taking care of nicole and uh yeah it's it's pretty crazy so it's going to be interesting to see what happens well i don't know have you watched the teaser for next week yes yeah okay spoiler I out <laughs> yes i oh yeah um <laughs> i do too i'm not one of these you know sissies who doesn't want spoilers i don't but, um, but see i th they that's the whole point of it being a teaser like it, yes. it doesn't have spoilers like i seek it out i watch it and i'm like well that doesn't tell me shit about next week. i know they're, they're very <laughs> good you got people who are like i'm not gonna watch the teaser because it's gonna be spoiled. no it's not i feel like it used to be the same way with mad men um, I don't Mad know. Mad was 10 times worse. Oh, yeah. It would just be flashes like Joni walking down the hall in a green dress, uh, someone talking in the background. You know, it'd be like five or six flashes of scenes. It did it. You're right. It told you nothing. And this, it told us some things, but not really enough because even the whole trailer for this season, looking back at it now, it's like, it leads you to believe they're going to tell a very different story from what they've actually told. So mm -hmm. at least in my opinion, but, um, so a little bit of spoiler alert for all you people that don't watch the, the trailer. Um, unfortunately the wheelers aren't gone yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see that woman Alanis again next week. And she's trying to get her hands surprise on Serena's baby tells her she's an unfit mother or not not doesn't have the capacity to care for a child right now <laughs> <laughs> um so that's interesting and you know i kind of have this and we do see june telling serena listen you should go with them because the only way you're really going to be able to protect your kid is to be there with it um you know and and june knows june knows best at this point so we'll we'll see what happens but i have this kind of idea that if if serena ends up back in that house we know that june has been growing these little plants which i think <clears throat> most of us believe are probably nightshade mm -hmm. um i feel like june's gonna whip up a nice essence of nightshade tonic and somehow get that to serena to use up wheelers <laughs> That's wow, that's uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's dark. I mean, that that'd be not dark. I mean, it's it's fitting for the show, but I mean, uh, yeah, like that's that's yeah, that's a uh, that's extreme. 
<laughs> well, but she's she's growing it for some reason, and we know yeah. that she can give it to them with, she, without it killing them. Like Esther used to. How just, could she get it to Serena though? I don't know. I mean, that's oh, okay. the hole in my theory. Oh, okay. This is it's just the theory, but you know, Esther used to give her husband some to quote keep him under control. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like maybe, like a little milk of the poppy. Yeah, a little like milk a, of the poppy. A heavy pour, heavy exactly. pour of milk of the poppy. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I don't know that that essence of nightshade has to come into play here somehow. Um, yeah. The plants. I I don't feel like we saw that just for no reason. I can see that. Yeah, something, something but like that. I don't think we would see that in the next episode. Oh no. Yeah. I don't oh, Okay. The next episode. I yeah. just think sometime before the season ends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that before the season ends. Yeah. Cause the next episode and maybe the or, next one or the ninth one, I feel like, and this is, I, I don't think this is like a, a hot take or any kind of crazy prediction, but I feel like, and I, I mentioned this in my video for this episode that the next step here because th- that things are going to get worse for Serena before they get better. Mm-hmm. And, and like they, they've steadily upped the progression of Serena experiencing handmade life. Yes. And, uh, you know, they upped it to the point of now when she get, when she gave birth to the baby, they, they gave the idea of like, oh, I'm just a vessel for you, the baby. Now I want you to take it and raise it. Same thing that handmaids do with the wives. And now I think the peak of the escalation is going to be serena experiencing the handmade life while not pregnant Mm. and that's that's where i think because i think she might even as knowledgeable as she is she's been she's so firmly entrenched in being on the other side of this uh, other side of this mentally that she probably doesn't even understand that what she liked i mean what she experienced and did not like with the wheelers prior to this episode was probably them using the kid gloves because she was pregnant. And now she's going to go back to that house and think things are already thinking like, I don't want to have to deal with that shit again. Not understanding that the shit's going to be a lot worse now uh-huh. is that's what, I, that's what <laughs> I'm expecting and slash hoping for. And not in some way, because I hate Serena or I want, I, I, you know, I'm a, uh, what, what a, a sadist, you know, not in that re- regard, but just because I like to see how, Serena and June have been responding to the other person's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested in seeing if it does get worse for Serena when she gets back with the wheelers, how she, what's that, what's that, how's she gonna grapple with that mentally? You know, like, like she's still struggling to grapple with the lightweight shit <laughs> that, right. they did, that they do the handmade. She's like, yo, fuck this. It's like I'm a handmaid. I'm like, no, you don't, you ain't even close yet yeah. to what it's like to be a handmaid. So, like, what's that gonna do to her? And how is that character gonna respond? Someone who's still so kind of like, even though she's starting to experience it, still feeling like she's a wife. You know, like, uh, this is just a, you know, things are a little bit different, but uh, I'm still, I'm still on this side of woman in Gilead when she doesn't understand that she's on the other side now and she just doesn't know it yet yeah and regardless of her status being a widow you know the differentiation between being a widow with a child and a single mother in my opinion is zero 
Um, it doesn't matter how you became a single mother. A single mother is a single mother doing it on her own. You know, whether that's from divorce or choice or not being married, it's, you know, it's kind of like, there's no room for that in Gilead. And she, she knows that, you know, she knows that because, you know, we've heard it, we've, well, we've heard it once where, oh gosh, who is the commander that uh, had like the six kids when they went to DC, when his wife came up and he was missing because June killed him, although they didn't know that. Um, at the time she's like I can't be a woman alone with six children they will take them from me you know and they weren't probably going to let her keep any of them (laughs) I would imagine so it's kind of funny that Serena thinks somehow it would be different for her even in in Gilead although she was you know looking to hook up with Lawrence and in Gilead and he shot that down (laughs) um which is also kind of funny I mean that gynecologist is looking better and better all the time Serena (laughs) yeah yeah that's a that's a pretty much her only option at this point but um can I tell you what I didn't like though because I forgot about this because I I was I've been thinking about like what I wanted to talk about when we when we started recording and I forgot that I forgot about the thing that I didn't like and it was that flashback scene with the birth like I didn't like that scene I I felt like that was really implausible for uh June and Serena would be exchanging snickers and laughs at how goofy this thing is. I'm like, I saw season one. They have this kind of relationship. Exactly. <laughs> that was my main problem with it. Problem with it as well. I'm like, you know, it was nice to go back to a birth with handmaids. I th- almost think they should have done this from a Serena perspective, but with whoever the first handmaid was that they mm-hmm. had. Like maybe that relationship in the beginning was different for her like maybe she tried to be more friends with that handmaid and they kind of had a little bit of a a rapport from the beginning and that would have made sense I think for Serena because there was a, a at one point I do feel like Serena was really almost desperate for June's friendship when she was a handmaid in their house like she was really trying I think especially when she was got pregnant but yeah with June it just didn't make sense because she was cold as ice to June from the minute she walked in the door he is my husband you know like stay the fuck away from him and um and they didn't really soften toward each other until you know Fred was in the hospital really and um but that that scene wasn't that scene wasn't telling that that idea yes exactly like they 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 were they they want to tell us they want to show us that serena wasn't always like this that just like uh gilead has corrupted june and turned her into a person that's kind of like focused on fighting and revenge and all of these sorts sorts of things just like gilead changed her from the perspective of being a handmaid changed her being a wife changed Serena too. And they were, mm-hmm. they're trying to tell us like, look, even Serena wasn't bought in on this shit at first. And like, that's, I, I like that. I like them telling me that like yeah. when she was window shopping for the kids and then, and it was like, oh, uh, we ain't, but I ain't never getting no handmaid. Right. Then, then they do the, like uh, the SpongeBob, like one week later. And then she's like flipping through handmade files. Like, I know. You know <laughs> and so like, but they're telling the story of her, like, progressing from someone who's not in on this 
to someone who ended up being at the Serena we saw on the show. And so I liked them telling that, but I just felt like they wanted to tell that and they just got a little bit loosey goosey with it there. Cause I'm yeah. watching that. I'm like, this isn't plausible. Like to be sharing no. that moment with June, she might feel that internally. If that's like her first time seeing something like that, once she was in the position she was in and she might look at it and be like, this shit is goofy. Like that works for that character at that time. Fine. But like not the, the glances and snickers with June, like no. if it had been with a diff, a random handmaid or if it had been with, uh, I don't know anybody else. <laughs> I well, yeah, I that's what, that's it. why that's why I'm like it should have been the first off-red that ended up mm -hmm. hanging herself. Like that yeah. would have made much more sense, and they could have even still used Janine and Alma and Brianna in that scene. Um, you know, Janine not pregnant yet, of course, but, but they mm -hmm. could have still had all those handmaids. And and it was also like, you know, wives don't drive their handmaids. They don't drive over to the births together. That freaking birth mobile comes and picks them up. So it just seemed um, that scene did seem off those those yeah. flashbacks. Like it, it's, it made sense, but it did not make sense with June in the mix. Yeah. It was it was it was an unforced error because you 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 do that scene slightly differently and it works perfect. Like yeah. all you have to do is because because you you want it to be at the start of Serena's experience. So now you can make it so that uh you know Janine's not pregnant. You can make it so June's not even there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's exactly. what it's 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 really simple to make that scene work and tell the story or or or, or the concept that you want to tell. And it was just it was just an unforced error that uh, that didn't need to happen. But it was one of those things where I was just like pointing at the TV like the DiCaprio meme, like, hey, wait a minute. I don't buy that. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it didn't it did. It wasn't one of those things where I, where I was shaking my head like, no, nope, no, nope, you can't do that. Like, right. I wasn't pissed off about it. I was like, uh, you, you, you messed up there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was something. Um, so with Serena, do we think that Tuello is going to come to her rescue? Because they've always had this energy between them, this vibe. Um, I can't, I can't think that he's I mean, I not going to try to help her. I hypothesized that the baby Serena was carrying was Mark's. So like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> you don't have to sell me on the they have a <laughs> interesting relationship idea. I know. I think that's been shot down by the show runners, but yeah. I still think there's I still think there's a chance for those two to get together. Um, as weird as that sounds, I just hope that Serena treats if that happens, that she treats him a little better than she, you know, treated Fred and Luke with because she's 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 a sharp one. And I could just see him, her just falling back into that routine like you're not a man. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i feel like we might be uh not done with mark in general but i feel like mark's role right now is going to be utilizing that usb drive to mm -hmm. uh to further the let's get hannah uh side of the plot i feel like that's going to be where because he said he gave the usb to mark right mm -hmm. like i feel yeah. like that's going to be mark's mark's role in these final a uh, couple of episodes of this season. Uh, I, I think if anything's going to happen with Serena's kid, it's probably, well, I don't know. I get Mark would have to probably do something. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't think see how Serena only, can do anything with yeah, that. Yeah. I think he's her only choice or somehow Lawrence intervening. Um, 
And that's, was that something too that I think we're going to see next week is we've heard this idea he has called New Bethlehem. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's the real reason he he decided to take action against Commander Putnam for um, yes. raping Esther. It wasn't yeah, that's that what... he raped Esther. It was he wants his New Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he had not, if he had not said that, like, you know, your whole New Bethlehem is shot now, right? Like, if he hadn't said that, <laughs> he'd have been fine. But it was him saying that mm-hmm. that that I was like the 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 Esther thing was the opportunity. Like, oh, now I can now here's where I can get my yep. shit back. But yeah, no, for sure. I think that's what we're meant yeah. to take from that. And and not only was it him saying that, it was then him bragging the next episode that he was getting a promotion because he'd impregnated oh, right. Esther. <laughs> I was just like, you are such a shit. Like this society sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, but you know, this new Bethlehem idea, uh, Lawrence is going to pitch it to June that she could come back and be with her daughter. And I'm just like, this will be interesting, but maybe this is more of a place where, you know, the widowed commander's wives can go and raise their kids or, you know, maybe, you know, she'll, she'll be like, Hey, Serena needs some help. you know (laughs) who knows but um i you know it'll be interesting to see how that plays out next week and what what lawrence's big pitch is i'm i'm kind of excited to see it it looked very quaint and new england yeah it looked very much like uh like when you when you pop up some uh some some new housing in a place that j- typically doesn't have any housing or or like you know, like when you're gentrifying a nice black neighborhood oh, <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of buildings you put in <laughs> i was thinking it actually looked like um a timeshare on the main coast but you know same <laughs> kind of thing i guess very yeah. kind of resorty all the same little <clears throat> cookie cutter you know houses and the town and, the uh, town that was uh supposed the city or whatever it was supposed to be this seat set in this season of westworld that little did you watch oh. westworld oh yeah oh yeah oh, okay yeah that that city or whatever that looked like it was supposed to be future new york that's kind of what it looked like too yeah yeah it did you're right um interesting we'll see it's um i mean we've got three episodes left now i think they've they're doing a good job and um i'm glad it wasn't 13 episodes actually i'm glad last season wasn't 13 episodes either but um yeah 13 is feeling like that's a number that most shows networks slash streamers are starting to shy away from mm-hmm. it seems like the 8 to 10 range is the sweet spot and that well i've always felt that 8 to 10 was the sweet spot but um it seems like everyone else is realizing that as well so i, th- I think these final three episodes should be pretty interesting I think setting up this final season, I think it's going to need to, uh, I, I don't know, it's going to have to raise the stakes with whatever ha- whatever ends up happening with Serena and, and, and June. But mm-hmm. I think also uh, what we talked about earlier, the work that they're doing with Aunt Lydia, I think needs to continue as well yes. um, and, and escalate that as well. So like there's, there's a lot of interesting things, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm not trying to sound like I'm wrapping up, but like I've, I've enjoyed this season uh, there's there hasn't been too many things that I didn't like the the flashback scene I didn't like the uh, oh man there was something else from earlier um, I think it involved Esther oh yeah the fact that Esther and Janine are still alive I didn't like that <laughs> did you just gasp <laughs> I think it I was, did I was like it wasn't, 
it wasn't because I don't it wasn't because I want them to die. It was because I felt like the show sold me on a fake death. Like that to me, yeah. that episode ended with me feeling like, oh, they they are dead now. And wow, what a fucking ending. Mm. And then coming back to like, ah, nope, psych, we tricked you. Like they were bleeding out of their mouths. Uh, yeah, like, that was <laughs> it was like a bullet time, people. I, I was just like, this looks awful. And, you know, some people were like, how did a baby survive this? How did a fetus a, survive this people. poisoning? I said yeah. that. I'm like, how did a baby survive something that nearly killed the mother? Like I and and Grant and when I asked it, it was rhetorically like I'm sure that it, it's maybe it's feasible. I don't I don't know, but they they tell you, you can't smoke cigarettes when you're pregnant, and then, but you can drink poison, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But like yeah, I, I I my thing is I have a a very strong anti stance against <laughs> fake deaths done for dramatic effect and emotional manipulation like do not fucking fake a death on me and that scene to me read like those two were dead and the, you get the emotional punch yeah. of like holy shit she just poisoned the both of them and then you think about everything you saw in that episode leading up to it and you're like oh wow they really crushed that and to come and find out the next week that none of that was real that emotion that they created that wasn't real because those people are still alive. So now it sucks all of that impact that you had mm -hmm. in the previous episode. It sucks that out. So that's why I said I'm mad <laughs> that you needed Esther alive. It's strictly for uh, you know, uh storytelling purposes and how they how they did that. Not because I, I wish death on character. I, I like Janine right. a lot. I do too. Uh, I like Esther a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. as a character. I mean they're they're both great um i don't know how many of her nine lives janine has left at this point but she's definitely oh that was another they fake killed her like three times i <laughs> know the bombing her jumping off the bridge it's yes like this. i'm like oh um, my gosh like like and that and and not to continue this rant for too long but like <laughs> when you can't do that to that same character like eventually well i'm not gonna maybe they won't but presumably at some point you might want to actually kill off that character. Yes. And now when this, when they, if that happens, when they do it, I'm not, it's not going to work. Like, even if I believe it in that moment, I'm still gonna be sitting here like, eh, but are they fucking with me? Like they'd have to decapitate her. And even then I'd still be like, eh, right? <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. what they're going to do, but it's they're like going to bring the, it back somehow. The boy that called wolf, you know, how many times can he call wolf and it be fake? And then when there's actually a wolf, no one believes him anymore. Yeah. And it's uh, like, even if know. I believe it, it's not going to have, it's not going to have the emotional impact because I believed it the first few times. So it's like each time, each subsequent time, even if I believe it, it's not gonna it's not gonna have the same impact because I've I've already experienced it three or four times already. So now that you're doing it again, even if I believe it again, it's not gonna hit as heavy. So it's like they they, they screw themselves if they if they do actually plan on killing off that character at some point, they've screwed themselves uh, out of getting the full emotional gut punch out of killing a day one character mm -hmm. who has had a great evolution, who's been really entertaining. The actress has done a great job uh, playing the character. I really like the character. Killing off that character would be would have been a total kick in the balls had they not already done it three times. And that 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 upsets me that mm -hmm. I'm not going to get to experience that in the true way that I should be experiencing it. Like that should feel like when they 
popped over in Martell's head. Like I was ready to cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's what I wanted. To, that's what I want to be able to feel. And I'm not going to be able to feel that because they faked it out too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I no. swear I'm done with that rant now. Okay. You've got a good point. No, that totally makes, that totally makes sense. I guess the, uh, the only other thing that I'm curious about maybe what will happen is Serena and June and how this plays out. Like when they are good together, they're amazing together. Like these two women could team up and rule the world in my opinion. However, Serena always finds a way to freaking stab June in the back in the end and i'm just like what do you think could happen could they actually peacefully coexist for and like work towards a greater good together or do you think serena's going to not learn anything from what she's been experiencing and and somehow turn it around on june again for her own self and maybe self-preservation i think the best story to tell the one that would be the most entertaining for us as fans would be to get Serena to a point where she is at the doorstep of fully understanding everything that June has experienced, ex ex understanding how June feels, how June felt, getting to that point. And we're sitting here like, ah, it looks like Serena is about to fully join team June and Luke, and she's learned her lesson and then somebody like Lawrence comes along and basically says, oh, I can give you that cushy life McGilead back. And she goes, ah, fuck it. And then like, and, and yeah, turns her back on. Like, I feel like that is not implausible. If you want to tell the story that this character, Serena is just a person who only does, who only operates in a self-serving fashion. Like mm -hmm. when things are, are, are bad for her, she will join whatever team is necessary to make the, make things good. So right now we might be looking at Serena's like, oh, she's gonna start to come around when she's experiencing what it's like to be a handmaid. And she very well may because her defense mechanism for uh, her self-service is gonna be, I gotta do whatever is necessary for this to not be happening anymore. And if she is truly a self-serving person, if someone comes along and is like, hey, everything's forgiven and forgotten and you can now be go right back to being a, a wife here in Gilead and you could be, say, married to Lawrence or whoever and everything's smooth. Like, I feel like she is a person who's gonna be like, oh, back to the cushy life? All right, never mind. And that would be, I think, a, a devastating way to uh, end that story, like, say, this season or something like that. Uh, that would be interesting to me. But if they, if they actually have her... Uh, Oh, for you know, all intents and purposes, becoming a good guy, um, I, I that's plausible to me as well. I find that considerably less interesting, but right. uh, that's I wouldn't I wouldn't call bullshit on it. So yeah, I could I I see I could definitely see what you're saying because you know for as much as I would like to see Serena come over um away from the dark side she she always managed manages to to turn around stab June in the back and then take you know like one more step into the dark um I guess but there's another part of me could that could see her you know writing a book and almost turning into such a thorn in Gilead's side that they end up taking her out. Um, like, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I'm not convinced she's going to get 
kind of a happy free ending either way she's either going to be back in gilead under control where she can't read or write or lead or have ideas or she's going to be able to have all that for a short time and it's going to be taken away from her because they offer um that may I, be a next season thing it wouldn't happen this season yeah i i think that is plausible as well and i wouldn't be mad at that either i just would want to make sure and i i, I it, it would depend on how they do this that you need to have because it's only because next season is the last season we know that going in mm -hmm. so like if that's the last season we know that going in i think you can't risk introducing a i'm gonna say the word new but it, it I, I doubt it would be a literally new person but a new antagonist because like i, I kind of wondered uh you know coming into this season what wh how are they how are they going to handle conflict because a lot of the conflict in the first couple seasons revolved around the handmade experience. And then I think the next couple seasons, it kind of revolved around uh, June versus Serena, uh, Lydia versus the handmaids who remained in Gilead. And you had them two as kind of like primary antagonists. Mm -hmm. And now they're shifting Lydia away from that. And theoretically, they could be shifting Serena away from that as well. Now, who is the primary antagonist for the final season of a, a really popular show? And yeah. I don't think you want to roll in like a new threat or something like that. Like, like unless it's, you're rolling that new threat in in concert with ones that we are already familiar with. It, it might be someone we've already seen that didn't have a tremendously big role this season. Like it could still potentially be the Wheelers and it could be Commander McKenzie. Is Commander um, McKenzie the the one who uh he has he i has, don't know how to describe him, but as soon as i saw him i was like well that's the new bad guy <laughs> he has um he is hannah's agnes's father yes yes, yes. yep okay yeah. yep yeah that's the guy where and I, I can't remember where i know him from either i recognize that guy's face yeah he, he i, I can't in, place him someone's like oh he was in such and such which is a show i never watched so i was like well, I don't <laughs> care. um he just looks like another creep to me but um <laughs> but yo I, I think you're right though like he is a great one mm -hmm. and i thought when they because they introduced him in like the first or second episode and i thought like okay this guy's gonna work but then we haven't really seen him at all since and i'm like if they had kept him kind of like consistent like throughout the season and having him inflict some stuff on people i think you could transition to that and there's still time i mean there's still three yeah. episodes left oh, so, yeah but I, I would like for it to be him because that 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 guy gave me like great bad guy vibes yeah and he he's in the testaments as well um okay. in the book and you know he's he's not a main character but he's there because Hannah slash Agnes is a main character, but he's, you know, they, I think they could really turn him into a great villain for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I think he is already counter. He's also, he's already a counterpoint to Nick and Lawrence because, you know, he's, mm -hmm. they have their own agenda and I don't think he is part of it at all. I think he's, you know, Gilead devotee through and through for sure. so i think not only would he be a good you know villain against june and all those efforts but he would be good against nick and lawrence too so 
Yeah. That might work. That might work. Yeah, I think that's I think that's your way to go. Uh, but they 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 need to start kind of like laying the foundation mm-hmm. for that in these final three episodes. Mm-hmm. And if, but they they do that, he can make for a great uh, final season antagonist. So yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was thinking it is really hard to introduce. Like, I think it's almost impossible to introduce a character like that into the last season, but. The second to the last season, it can work because I think that's mm-hmm. when we got Euron Greyjoy in yep. Game of Thrones, and he ended up being fantastic. Like he just had some of the best lines, and he was, you know, you didn't like him because he was a dick, but he was also just super entertaining and funny. Um, I don't expect either of those things from Mackenzie. I expect him to be pure evil if he sticks around. <laughs> yeah, and and and. I love that you mentioned that because that that's that's what I was thinking of too. That dynamic, Game of Thrones did that very 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 well. Taking like you, you had, first you had Joffrey, then you had uh, uh, oh, fuck. Why am I forgetting his name? You know the guy, uh, the one who had the dogs, and then uh, Ramsey Sansa Ramsey. Yes, Ramsey Bolton. Then you had Ramsey, and then you brought in Euron for the for the end of that there, and and that showed the knowledge of what I was just saying, like the idea of like, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to kill off your primary antagonist or in the case of this show, make them good, you need to have that next person to step in. And they always had that next guy to step in and, yeah. and continue. And then they also of course had like the night King kind of like running through the entire back half uh, of that series as well. And so they, they did that perfectly. And, mm-hmm. and, and, the Handmaid's Tale is, like you said, like introducing this guy, if this is their plan, introducing this guy in this season and and just they got to give him something in these final three, but give him something in these final three to make me go, oh, fuck that guy heading into season six <laughs> and, and you're good to go. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, I you know, I'm kind of betting on him as the the new antagonist horse, because yeah, if they I, did and it, I forgot yeah. about him until you mentioned him. And that's why I'm like, man, I'm like, oh, fuck, they did introduce that guy who I thought would be yeah. a great fucking antagonist. And then they haven't given him too much to do. But okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is our solid. This is your and my solid prediction about Mackenzie, that he's going to play a bigger role, because I, I think he'll be in the Testaments. And so I feel like they have to start giving him more, um, more to do. So and, hopefully we'll see some more this season and, and next, ideally. And, you know, another good clue. And, and again, I, I, I'm forgetting where I know this guy from, but I know this guy that plays him. And I don't I don't think you bring in a well-known actor to, you know, kind of just have like th- this part time appearance where you're like, hey, let's give this guy three lines in two episodes. And that's all that's all we're really going to do. Like, I, I know that guy. And I don't think you bring him in for for what they've done with him so far. So I, I think he's I think we're going to be seeing him. Yeah, I'm looking him up to see what he's been in just so we know. Oh, he was in Ozark. Ah, yes. Yeah. Wait, no. Do I remember him from Ozark? You know, I'm not. Was he Oh, was he like a sheriff in Ozark? I think he was. Oh, he played Roy Petty, the crooked FBI agent and antagonist in the first two seasons of the Jason Bateman-led series. So he's familiar. He that sounds a little, familiar. He looks slightly more attractive and clean cut in that. No beard, too, which I think is um, probably throwing us off. It says he was also in Scandal, which I watched and I don't completely remember him from. I feel like Scandal... 
I kind of remember him from. I remember him being kind of like, I feel like he was like a cop or something and he was kind of creepy. Like he was, maybe it was Ozark. But yeah. I, I, I remember him being in something where I'm like, this guy is like really fucking creepy. I think it might, I think it might've been Ozark actually. He's done some interesting, like, oh, it says he was on Law and Order from 2002 to 2009. I don't remember that. But he's been in like almost, I think he had See, like a lot of- he's been in Ray of... Donovan. I watched that. Fringe. Scandal, The Blacklist, Fringe. Like, yeah. yeah, Homeland. So like I said, this isn't a, this isn't a guy that's, you know, he's got yeah. a fucking resume. You don't bring this guy in to give him four lines. Like, you know, <laughs> this is a guy you, you bring in to, to do some work, so- um, and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure what I'm thinking of is is Ozark that I remember him from because yeah. I I remember him being really fucking like like a douchey. depraved kind of character like not past douchey like yeah. like this is a guy that's like he's sick like there's something really wrong with this guy yeah and I feel like that was Ozark I'm like going through the photos on IMDb and I'm looking at a photo from him on Ray Donovan that I just don't recognize so um, yeah I'm pretty sure it's probably Ozark that I remember him from. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's been in kind of like everything. So he seems very familiar, but he's hard to place at the same time. Yeah. Um, that's so, he looks like yeah. uh, the guy who, um, and why am I drawing a blank on his name too? He played, uh, his name's David. Uh, I don't know. He played Kill. Uh, no. Oh gosh. I'm all bad with names right now. The bad guy in Jessica Jones. Did you see Jessica Jones? Oh yeah. I watched a couple seasons of it. Yeah. I don't know why why I'm forgetting his name right now, but the main bad guy, purple guy, mm -hmm. um, he looks like that actor. Yeah. Um, I, geez, I, I'm usually really good with names, but I am struggling mightily right now. But yeah, he looks like that guy. I think his name's David something. Yeah. You probably, I, you you probably have some listener that's listening to this right now, like screaming his name into the <laughs> into their car while their kid is eating their snack or something. I, yeah, I'm actually, I'm looking at some photos of him and he looks, um, he actually looks a little bit more like a younger Hugh Jackman when he's more clean cut with less of a beard on his face. I can see that. Yeah, yeah he looks that. very different. It's, I think it's that full beard that really creeps me out that, you know, and you know, if I find beards attractive on guys, except for Fred Waterford, who joseph finds is incredibly good looking without his beard but something about that beard just ruins it for me plus the character but this guy too <laughs> like he's not he's not bad looking without the beard but something about that creepy commander beard just is like nope that's what i say but yeah david Tennant, that's his name but yeah i i could see i could see your hugh jackman thing too he looks like a, yeah. maybe like a mixture of hugh jackman and david Tennant. but yeah i think that like i said that you don't bring that guy in just to give him a few lines. So I think he's going to be, he's probably going to do something pretty interesting, some interesting stuff in these final three episodes and then be probably a bigger figure in season six. Yeah, I can, I definitely say that. Interesting. Well, anything else you want to chat about or I think we covered it and plus a whole lot more. We're like yeah, the whole we... show for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already got the whole rest of the series figured out now. <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, now that I've I've written the <laughs> written the rest of this show. Yeah, I think we're good to go. <laughs> okay, well, great. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in this week. Don't let the bastards grind you down. And we've got three hopefully amazing more episodes to cover before it's all over. 
yeah, should be good. Should be great. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed.